Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2. On the left, we start over here today. It is Michael Kelly. Good morning. Good to see you. And on the right, John Hancock. Hi, y'all. And I'm John Brown. Big story this week. The Democrats dominated the news cycle. Hardly anybody's talking about President Trump, which means he'll probably call after this. Now, despite several dozen tweets by the president, didn't get a lot of traction. So we're going to begin with Joe Biden now officially in the race. President Trump is calling Biden Sleepy Joe, but Biden may be well positioned to take on President Trump if he wins the nomination. I can hear the story now. Biden runs over press or something. I'm trying, sir. I'm trying. And with that, Joe Biden was on his way. And we're in the battle for the soul of this nation. His day began with a video release announcing his plans to run for president. It would end with a high-dollar Philadelphia fundraiser as Biden courts wealthy Democratic donors in an effort to catch up with candidates like Bernie Sanders with well-stocked campaign war chests. But what Biden already has is this, the real clear politics average of polls that shows him besting President Trump by almost eight points. And the president was quick to discount his latest adversary. He's not the brightest light bulb in the group, I don't think, but he has a name that they know. He's not going to be able to deal with uh, President Xi, I will tell you. That's a different level of energy and, frankly, intelligence. But from former President Obama, Biden's old boss, no endorsement, something Biden shrugged off. I asked President Obama not to endorse, and he doesn't want to. We should, whoever wins this nomination should win it on their own merits. And with Biden fresh out of the gate, he is already facing criticism, not just from Republicans, but from some in his own party. The far-left group Justice Democrats highlighted Biden's moderate voting record through the years, calling him out of touch. And that is almost certainly a sign of things to come with a very crowded and very competitive primary field. In Washington, Doug Luzader, Fox News. Michael, you're up first on this one. It's easy to tell who's an actual threat to others like Biden is because look at who's attacking him. You've got his own party and Republicans, everybody coming out, that tells me he is truly a threat to the president. Well, I think it's no doubt that he is the front runner and the polling is, shows that if he were to be the candidate, he would probably be the best person to take on Donald Trump. What I thought was most impressive about Joe Biden's announcement was that he didn't go backwards. He really focused all about the need to defeat Donald Trump and making this election about the character of Donald Trump. Now, the same day that announcement went down, he made a call to Anita Hill, and she said she wouldn't accept his apology. He's got four decades of a record that he's going to have to answer for. But if he spends all of his time talking about his record and having to answer charges from leftists or from Republicans, that's not going to be successful. The way that Joe Biden comes through this is he needs to keep the focus on Donald Trump and the character of Donald Trump not being in that White House. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, he's done a handful of things over 40 years that aren't repugnant. And if he has to spend the next few months apologizing for those handful of things, he's, he's not going to be the nominee. The, the thing that's interesting about a front runner, when you get into a race as a front runner, you make it about you and the guy on the other side. And he's, so if he's able to maintain a Trump-Biden motif for the next several months, 
he's going to be the nominee. But the minute he starts to get pulled back into the fray and starts having to talk about Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg, when you see Joe Biden transition into that mode, that's going to tell me uh, that his star is falling. And the thing about frontrunners is when their star falls, they almost never come back. You know, people use that term apology tour. You were talking about Anita Hill, and then you've got, you know, the all crime the, bill. All the, the crime bill. I mean, he's got so many things that he's um, that he's trying to uh, atone for here. I don't think those are big issues for Republicans. That is to win the Democrat side at first, it seems. Yeah, and, and those are things, frankly, that, you know, the fact that he had done some of those things <clears throat> make him a little bit more appealing to the electorate as a whole. The, the thing about that, and it's true in both parties, but the thing about primaries is that they tend to draw you away from the mainstream of the, of the American electorate. If you let them do that, that's going to weaken your ability to perform in the fall. And I think that's going to be the tightrope that, that Joe Biden has to walk. You know, Michael, he brings up a great point. I've been looking at all these numbers. Thanks, Brown. I th I'd throw you one bone today. It's a Sunday and it's a pretty day out there. <laughs> it's awful nice. Um, you look at the, 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 the coast, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, he's strong there. The problem is the Rust Belt, and that's where it all turned. Biden resonates well with the old blue dog Democrats. He's the guy who could actually take those from Trump. None of the rest can, I don't think. What was interesting to me in the 2016 election, it was a lot of the middle class, white, working people in the industrial Midwest who identified with Bernie Sanders, call them labor voters, mm -hmm. who then wound up going and voting for Donald Trump when their choice was against uh, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Joe Biden appeals to that, that group. Now, the one positive Donald, uh, Joe Biden has is when you have a 20-candidate field, he has an ability to kind of keep that centrist message that he has, keep his focus on Donald Trump, because there's going to be niche uh, constituencies for folks interested in economics, folks interested in health care. But the larger question of defeating Donald Trump is Joe Biden's at least first couple of elections and the process focus. And at least the way the field is stacked up so far, none of the people that are in the same neighborhood as Biden are coming out of that, that centrist, mm -hmm. you call it centrist lane. But you look at the, the other camp candidates that could, could take up some of that space, thinking about Amy Klobuchar potentially, uh, none of these candidates are, are gaining momentum. Now, if one of those more mainstream Democrats starts shooting up, that's gonna. That's all coming out of Biden's pocket. Okay, so there are other Democrats made news this week. CNN had that town hall thing that went on and on and on and got no ratings. That was, sorry, inside shot there. <laughs> now, most of the front runners hit the stage with the CNN anchors to discuss their platforms. Here's one that came out. Senator Elizabeth Warren seems to make the biggest splash of the week talking about paying off student loans during this past week. Here's what she had to say about the problem facing so many former students. Anyone who's got outstanding student loan debt can have up to $50,000 worth of student loan debt canceled out so long as their income is under $100,000, then it kind of steps in up to there's no help for anybody whose family income is above $250,000. And that's it. The debt's gone. That's it. The debt's gone. You see the other thing she wants to do there. And this comes from taxing people with the states. I believe it's, what, over $50 million is 2%. But here, here's where I don't think it resonated. What about people now in their 30s and 40s who worked hard, didn't do vacations, didn't buy new cars, actually paid off their obligations, which they signed for when you get a student loan? For a lot of people, that seems unfair. I don't think that's going to resonate with, again, 
the Midwest here for people who are trying to do the right thing. You're up first on this. Well, I mean, you know, this all started, Brown, when we started giving lollipops out at the doctor's office for free. Is that wrong? Uh, you you want to give everything for free. It, well, nothing is free, and, and people will have to pay for this. And if you think people making $50 million are going to be the only ones paying for this kind of stuff, you're wrong. It's going to be every taxpayer paying for it. And here's, here's a college plan for you, Brown. Borrow what you can afford to pay back and then make the payments. Now, there's a, there's well, a plan that responsible people can, can implement. Maybe she had a tactical error in what she communicated. She should have said, we're going to do this and Mexico's going to pay for it. Because we all know at the end of the day, just like the wall, that we're going to wind up paying for it and we're all going to wind up paying for college. The one thing that I think is smart with what Elizabeth Warren is doing, whether you're one of those people who's currently in college debt in our 40s or 50s, or you're one of these folks getting ready to anticipate it, College and the cost of college is out of control. Yep. And to be able to have that kind of a conversation, even though it may not be the solution, she says, that is something that is going to resonate with everybody. I suppose. You, but you can find affordable ways to get a college education in this country. You can. You may not be able to go to the best schools or the most expensive schools, but there are ways to get a college education that don't put you into such calamitous debt that you can't dig out of it where the government has to come bail you out. The government bailing people out of debt, whether it's on, on this or on health care, is a recipe for disaster. John, we have two state schools right here that are in our viewing audience where the cost from the state schools continue to rise, rise, rise. The legislature's having to continue to pour more money into it. What's going on? Cost of education's out of control. There's not a person, whether you're rich or poor, who understands that the cost of education's out of control. That's a message that's gonna resonate. Mm -hmm. Maybe they could stop building nice new buildings on campus too. <laughs> I just got a letter for one of the universities nearby asking to donate for this new building for an alumni center. I'm like, one, I'm not an alumni. <laughs> Two, why does an alumni center have to be $50 million? They're building, anyway. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, a group pays the bail for a guy behind bars for domestic violence. He gets out and kills his wife. All right, is this legal activism gone too far or a valuable public service to get poor people out of jail when they can't afford that cash bail? To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Adcock and Kelly. All right, some of the big stories in the St. Louis area over the past week. First of all, we found out Missouri may be the front runner for your favorite the Hyperloop Project. What do you call it? Oh, the magic tube, Brown. The magic tube. You get in the tube in St. Louis and poof, three minutes later, you come out of the tube and you're in uh, Chicago or someplace. It's, yeah, 30 minutes and it's Kansas City and that's it right there. Uh, okay, it rides on magnets. It hovers there. 600 miles an hour. That means you can be to Kansas City in a half an hour. CEO came to town, which is obviously good news. He says it's smooth enough to have a cup of coffee on board, but at 30 minutes it's not long enough to actually drink your cup of coffee. What do you guys think of that? I think this is great because if this is not money out of our pockets and, you know, 30 bucks to go back and forth, I love the idea. I would love to go check this out. Michael, you're up on this one. Well, who would have thought that one day we would have a phone that we could communicate anywhere right. in the world? This is such a far-fetched uh, Star Trek concept that's hard for me to put my simple mind right. around. But there are a lot of smart people who've been successful with these phones, et cetera, who have this money, who are investing it. I'm excited. I'm glad that Missouri is exploring it. If it comes to fruition, Awesome. I, I'm having a little hard time with the economics. I would imagine it costs a few dollars to build the magic tube, Brown. I it's mean, yeah. It's, it's got to be pretty pricey. It's about ten billion. So so what is what do you charge people to hop in that thing? Thirty bucks. I can't. How does that work? I mean, how do you how do you pay for the magic tube? Thirty bucks at a pop. Mexico's gonna pay for it, Hancock. Have you not figured this <laughs> stuff mean, out? You know, look, the magic tube is great. Uh. You know, and and maybe maybe we'll have it someday. But I don't know that that's 
the short-term economic future of Missouri. Well, I, I could be wrong. Here's what I like. I mean, what you jump on it at the airport, takes you right down I-70. But think about it. You don't get to stop at places like, you know, an old Big, bo big Boys in Wright City, right? You never would have known about Big Boys. The Iron Skillet out there at Kingdom City. You wouldn't get that. You wouldn't get to stop at Le Bourgeois Winery there in Rocheport. Yeah. You're missing all of what makes Missouri, Missouri. Yeah. Oh, joy. Big Boys. Chicken. <laughs> on a Sunday. Bail Project is up next. Also taking some heat for their discussion, or their decision, rather, to bail out a pretty bad guy. The group bailed out Samuel Scott on a domestic violence charge. Then, as soon as he was out, police say he went and beat his wife to death. Even St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner wants to know how the bail project bonds people out of jail. And she says maybe you guys should review the public court records of anyone they want to bail out. The bail project says, yes, things happen, but they are providing a valuable service to people who can't afford bond. And nobody could have known that this guy was going to do this. There are a few other cases like this out there. Well, this, this is, I, I get the, the idea here, but there's a reason why people are behind bars like this yeah. guy, and I don't know what I, you do. I guess the intention of this is really for a lot of these debtor courts that we have right. in St. Louis County where people get pulled over for a light and they get taken to jail until they come up with 500 bucks. And, of course, that makes sense. A guy with domestic violence getting bailed out? No, that doesn't make sense. Somebody who's uh, committed a gun crime? Absolutely not. And for her not to know. Yeah. That's the other thing. That... There needs to be something in place to where if you bail somebody out for domestic violence, you give them a one-day advance so they can at least run right. far, far away because we know what knows what happened. Well, it makes me mad. This one really the, gets The me. process should include a hearing where victims of this person can come in and testify before any kind of bond is set. One of the problems with this wave of reforms that we've got where that, that we really are tilting the thing pro-criminal in many ways uh, is is requiring that everybody have access to bail. Well, that's not necessarily the case. When you've got really bad, despicable, dangerous people, prosecutors ought to be able to keep them behind bars. Yeah, I mean, John's right. And the national example, we had this guy that was with the National Guard who threatened to kill Nancy Pelosi and some of the Democratic candidates for president and a bunch of media folks. They arrested him. He had silencers to kill people and stuff. The judge said this week, I gotta let this guy out on bail, even though he could potentially be a terrorist because of the Bail Reform Act. Mm. That makes no sense. Would we let the Boston bomber out of the jail on bail? Absolutely not. But Bernie wants him to be able to vote. <laughs> Speaking of Kim Gardner, she's back in the news over the continuing investigation into her office and the investigation into, into the former Governor Eric Greitens. All right, this one's kind of hard to follow if you haven't been keeping up. We've done several you paid for investigations into her fight against the special prosecutor. She's hired several outside law firms to defend her office and William Tisby, and it's tax dollars paying for it here. Michael, your thoughts on this one? This is getting I, a little messy. Here. I don't really understand it other than the taxpayers are going to pay the bill for Kim Gardner to fight with somebody to force her to do her job. I wish she was taking the same energy and adrenaline that she does in fighting against someone who potentially committed perjury to the job of putting bad guys in jail and not allowing people to get out. But the irony is she's been investigated kind of over the same things that she was investigated. I mean, well, it's come full circle here, John. When you, you sh taxpayer money being spent to defend somebody whose job it is to protect us, I just, I, I have a real problem with it. And uh, look, there's a special prosecutor investigating her. He's got an order to look through her computer. She is not complying. She needs to comply with the law. It's a terrible example to set. Mm -hmm. You know who should be paying for her legal fees? Who? Mexicans. Mexico! Yeah, of course. I was setting you up with that. They're paying for everything and breakfast. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, Earth Day was this past week. 
I posted the story of the climate activist who climbed on top of that metallic ball at Universal Studios and then super glued themselves to it. I took some heat for that. We'll debate it coming up. Time for a little news potpourri on this Sunday. Earth Day is a chance to make the world a cleaner and better place, so why would you super glue yourself to a hot metal ball? Climate change protesters climbed the iconic globe at Universal Studios in California. There they are, and glued themselves to the top. They waved the green flag, said Extinction Rebellion. The group reportedly demanded that NBC Universal declare the world is in a climate emergency or they're not coming down. Many people thought it was strange. But many also sent the message on my Facebook post saying at least they're doing something. And I simply responded to them, that's no substance there. That's just all symbolism. It doesn't do anything. You guys were out there. Your radio group was out there cleaning. That's what you should do on Earth. They're not super gluing yourself. I got no sympathy for these guys really? super gluing themselves to the, the roof. Look, I, the way to fight climate change is to fight it through policy. And say what you want about AOC, she's put a proposal on the table. Mm -hmm. That, you know, let's push forward, let's have a conversation. That's the way you accomplish things, not taping yourself to something. These, yeah. these people are nuts, Brown. Uh, you know, I would, I'd leave them up there on the ball. That's you know, give them, give them some, give them some gorilla tape while they're up there and uh, make, it, make it last long. Look, you know, there's a lot of problems in this country, but ditching our economy and plummeting us into the 18th century is not the answer for what's going on here. We do not have enough time to discuss this, but that is the most selfish, ridiculous thing to say. We are damaging our climate. The world is changing. We can make a difference. We need a whole hour to have this. Yeah, we can make a difference, but we don't need to trash the so greatest instead, economy on the face of the earth. So instead, just burn it all up no, and use no, it as much as we can. No, I'm around. saying the extremist agenda of these radical environmentalists will destroy our economy. Leave them up there on the ball. <laughs> I do find it interesting that one of the ideas they've come up with now is these uh, incinerators again. Like, that's what we used to do, right? <laughs> it was like, it used to be bad to use paper bags. Let's use plastic. Now, when you go to Schnooks or Deerbergs, Remember when they wouldn't let you use bag. the hairspray? Because I know, I'd never have any experience. <laughs> <laughs> He's saving the climate right there, and my anchor hair. Floral, floral is, carbons are not an issue for me, pal. That original hole up there that caused all the problems. I had nothing to do <laughs> nothing with it. Anyway. <laughs> all right, this past week was Take Your Kids to Work Day. You didn't because you don't have any kids. No, thank God. You ever take your kids to work? I did. I you did? did? Mm -hmm. Was that a good idea or a bad idea? I liked it. Did you? Uh, you know, uh, they, they both have jobs now, so well, that's, good. that's a good sign. All right, well, many in the Washington press corps did that, and Sarah Sanders held a mock press conference for them. Okay, so why is this a story? because the White House hasn't held an actual press briefing since March 11th. And in that briefing, it was announced it was to be off the record. The president also encouraged his staff not to attend the recent White House correspondence dinner this year. More hostility, but all the press corps members are like, wait a second, she's having a press briefing for our kids, but we don't even get one. Well, the most competent things that have been said from that podium in the last two years happened that day. Look, who wants to hear a press briefing from Sarah Sanders? Read the Mueller report. She's an admitted liar. I do think, you know, there's a duty to answer questions in the press. We may not like the media. We may not like certain journalists. But I do think if you're an elected official from president of the United States down to city council, 
you've got a responsibility to answer questions from the public, and, and the press is part of the public. You know, and we've, we discussed this, it's been a while, because that was when Greitens was in office, that whole idea of just clamming up and not talking, it backfires. You said it then, it will backfire on you. Yeah, it works until it doesn't. Right, that's a good idea. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, it is time for some final thoughts. We'll be right back. It's the moment you watch the whole show just to see this. It's time for final thoughts. You're up first. Well, despite what the Republicans are saying about, look at this circus, there's 20 people running, they seem to forget their own contest. I'm excited about the debates that are about to happen in the Democratic Party. Finally, we're going to have real discussion about real issues with real solutions, rather than saying things like, oh, we'll make Mexico pay for it. The Democrats are going to talk about real issues, and that's what needs to be solved to get Donald Trump out of the White House in the upcoming election. John Hancock. Well, yeah, take the popcorn and eat it for the debates, and if the Democrats win, get your checkbook out, because that's, that's what's going to happen. You know what? It's exciting, Brown. We've got, we've got Cardinal baseball. We've got Blues hockey. Yeah. Two years from now, on a weekend much like this, we could have Cardinal baseball, Blues playoff hockey, and soccer all Ooh, playing right man. down Market Street in St. Louis, and that will be exciting. You could walk from one to the next. Good things happening downtown. Party. Yes, it is. Thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. If you miss any part of the show, you can download it. Just click on the podcast symbol on your smartphone. Search out Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace is up next. Have a great weekend. See you next Sunday.